As they're making their way down, just want to remind you that you've seen in the bulletin for the last three or four weeks, there is an important meeting uh, today at 4.30 this afternoon uh, in, here in the auditorium for those who would like to be involved in the music ministry, and Pastor Mike will be leading that. So again, there's a sign-up sheet out in the foyer, and that uh, meeting, whether you'd like to be involved now or sometime in the future or just learn more about that ministry, uh, you'll want to be here this afternoon at 4.30 here in the auditorium. As we share the Lord's Supper together, I'd like you to take your Bibles and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Every few years we have a unique opportunity to really prepare our hearts and our minds, our emotions for our Easter celebration because Easter falls later on the calendar. Uh, last year it fell about as early as it could and this year it falls about as late as it can and that always allows us a little bit of approach, an approach to Easter before or excuse me, after our missions conference. And so Easter is the third Sunday this year, uh, April 16th. And so we are going to use the next two Sundays, today and next week, both morning and evening and our Good Friday service. So today and next week, morning and evening and our Good Friday service to really look at the cross of Christ and the wisdom of God and how the two are linked together. We're going to look at the cross of Christ and the wisdom of God and how the two are linked together. We're going to be looking over the next two weeks at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 6 through 16. Today, this morning and this evening, we're going to look at verses 6 through 16. And tonight we're going to look at verses 7 through 9, and this morning we're just going to look at verse 6, and that will be our introduction to this mini-series. But let me read for you 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 6 through 9. The Apostle Paul writes, Yet among the mature we do impart wisdom, although it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, no eye has seen what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. Just a quick aside this morning. Tonight, I want to give you an explanation of verse 9 that maybe some of you haven't heard before. Verse 9 is an often memorized verse. It, we see it on plaques, we see it in poems. No eye has seen, no ear has heard what God has prepared for those who love him. And I want to show you tonight that this is not a verse about heaven. That is often how it is thought of 
When we memorize it, that's often what we're thinking of. And I want you to show, or excuse me, I want to show you tonight why verse 9 is not about heaven, but it is about the wisdom of God. That we have a wisdom that this world cannot know and knows nothing about. But let's focus on this morning. Our first point this morning is the wisdom of God. Throughout the history of the church and certainly in our own day, there is a great need for the people of God to have the wisdom of God. Oh, how in our culture, but not only in our culture, but around the world, we need the wisdom of God. Now, when we talk about biblical wisdom, Bible teachers have offered a number of different possible definitions And I will say to you, they're all good. This is such a rich and wonderful subject that it's one of those things that has to be come at from, or we have to approach it from different angles. For example, some have said that the wisdom of God is seeing all of life from God's perspective, really looking at ourselves and all of life from the perspective that God sees us. Another definition of wisdom is that it is the ability to to discern what is good, what is right, what is true, and what is lasting. To be able to truly discern good from evil and right from wrong. And that is certainly an aspect of wisdom. Some have simply said the wisdom of God is the word of God. It is wisdom. The word of God is wisdom. I was sharing with the men in our Bible Institute class a couple of weeks ago the importance not only of Scripture memorization, but of using Scripture in our conversations. And we don't necessarily have to give the reference because especially for unchurched people, unbelievers, the reference is meaningless to them. But just to share within the context of conversation verses of Scripture and let the truth do its work. We were talking about the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and to use the sword of the Spirit. So again, you don't have to say, well, Romans 10, 3 says, no, just sometimes casually include it in your conversation so that God can use His Word in hearts and minds because the Word of God is the wisdom of God. One of the great scenes in all of Scripture on the subject of wisdom comes from 1 Kings chapter 3 in the Old Testament. Solomon has become king in place of his father David. And he is overwhelmed with his responsibilities. And he says, oh Lord, I am like a child. I don't know how to rule this vast people of yours. And so God gives him this amazing opportunity. I'm not sure that any human being has directly been given by God such a statement as Solomon was given at the beginning of his reign when God says to him, ask me for whatever you want. I want you to imagine this morning that God gave that Same statement to you. Ask me for whatever you want. And that's when Solomon says, Lord, I am like a child. 
I don't know how to govern this people. And in 1 Kings chapter 3 and verse 9, he says this, So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong for who is able to govern this great people of yours. Solomon asks for wisdom. Of all the things he could have asked for, he asked for wisdom. And I want you to know this morning that God is pleased with him. God is pleased when we seek his wisdom, when we ask for wisdom. And God says to Solomon, you could have asked for long life. You could have asked for great wealth. You could have asked for the death of your enemies, but you didn't. You asked for wisdom. And God says he is so pleased with that that he says, I'm not only going to give you what you asked for, I'm going to give you what you didn't ask for. I'm going to give you long life. I'm going to give you wealth. I'm going to give you the death of your enemies because you so humbly and wisely asked for wisdom. Well, as I mentioned, on the two Sundays prior to Easter, I want us to see the inseparable link between the wisdom of God and the cross of Christ. The mountaintop of God's wisdom The pinnacle of God's wisdom is the cross of Christ. Folks, if you want to be a wise person, go to the foot of the cross and stay there. You look at the cross and you look at what happened at the cross and subsequently in the resurrection of Christ. Now I want you to know this. Until we come to know Jesus Christ as our Savior, we have no wisdom. The biblical wisdom that we learn about in Scripture is only available to believers. It is only available to born-again children of God. I'm going to spend more time on that tonight, but I want you to know that this morning. And at the cross, we see God's divine plan at its height. His plan to save sinners and to implant His new life in us. And if you want to see the focal point of all of history, again, go to the cross and behold it. There was a verse up there for meditation during the offering time this morning. I want to share that with you again. 1 Corinthians 1.18. It says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For us who are being saved, the message of the cross is the power of God in our lives. Another important verse on this subject, again from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, is 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 30. The Apostle Paul says, it is because of him... It is because of God that you are in Christ Jesus. It is because of the work of God in your heart and life that we are in Christ Jesus. Now watch this. Who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Back in the early 90s, I went through my ordination service for ministry. 
And when I wrote my ordination paper and then went before the ordination council to be questioned, this was my theme verse. This was my foundational verse and in some sense is my life verse, 1 Corinthians 1.30. Jesus Christ himself is our wisdom. He is our righteousness. He is our holiness. He is our redemption. Wisdom, righteousness, holiness, and redemption are mystical concepts that float around there in the thought life. They are given to us and are ours in Christ Jesus. Jesus is all of those things to us. So think with me this morning. Christ crucified is the power of God, and Christ crucified is the wisdom of God. Christ crucified is the power of God, and Christ crucified is the wisdom of God. Well, our second point this morning is that wisdom is ours in Christ. Wisdom is ours in Christ. I want you to be both convicted and challenged that you can become a wise person. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your background is. Through salvation in Christ and focusing upon him and his death and resurrection, you, whomever you are, you can become a very wise person. Now, the first thing we need to do is set aside our natural human thoughts about wisdom. In verse 6, it says, Yet among the mature, we do impart wisdom, although, although it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. This is very important this morning. Wisdom does not come from education. It does not come from life experience. It does not come from age. And it does not come from wealth, and it does not come from power. Now, please don't misunderstand me. There are certainly some good things we learn through education. There are things that we learn through life experience. There are certainly things we learn as we get older. But I want you to know something this morning. You can have a PhD or an MD. You can have all kinds of life experience. You can be in your 80s or 90s and still not be wise. It is possible to have all of those things and not have the wisdom that the Bible talks about. So where does wisdom come from? Wisdom comes from the living word and the written word. Wisdom comes from emulating and imitating and being enamored with the person and teaching and work of Jesus Christ. It is focusing on him. As we talked about earlier, back in January and February, when we talked about Christ in us, the hope of glory, we need to be obsessed with him and who he is and what he means for each of our lives. And we need to focus on the truth, the truth of his word. Not to appeal to our emotions or to our human intellect, but to appeal to the truth of the word of God. More specifically, 
More specifically, wisdom comes from understanding, believing, and living out the truth of the cross of Christ. Wisdom comes. I want you to know this because it's available to every single one of you who know Christ as Savior. Wisdom comes from understanding, believing, and living out the truth of the cross of Christ. And I find this absolutely thrilling. I find it exhilarating that it is available to anyone. It could be that there is someone here today who dropped out of high school. Maybe you had an abusive or difficult upbringing. You haven't had many of the advantages that other people have had. Let's say there is a person in a remote tribal village who through missionary work comes to know the Savior and has the scriptures translated in their heart language and they begin to focus on the cross and they begin to focus on the Savior of the cross. Folks, I want you to know that people like that can potentially be some of the wisest people in the world. It's available to all of you. No one is excluded. If you know him as Savior, and I want you to just grab a hold of that, you can be wise beyond what you ever dreamed or imagined you could be. As we share the Lord's Supper together this morning, I want to encourage all of you to ask God to give you wisdom. Let's seek to be like Solomon. When God says, what can I give you? Lord, above all else, I want your wisdom. I want biblical wisdom. Let us determine together this morning that we're going to live our lives at the foot of the cross, that we're going to gaze upon it and seek to understand everything that we can about it. I want you to believe. I want you to believe this morning that you, whoever you are, that you can be a wise person. Let's meditate on these truths as we share the Lord's Supper together this morning.